Hey, everybody. Welcome to the Central Clubhouse, a video podcast of Christ Central. My name is Owen, and this is Bobby, and we're your hosts, and we'll be hanging out with you today in the Central Clubhouse. Now, the goal of this video podcast is to help our church family feel a little bit more closely uh, connected together as we hang out with different members of our church family and get to know them a little bit better. But before we get started, let's start with some Christ Central news and updates. Uh, Pastor Bobby, so when's the next time that we as a church, our whole church, I mean, adults, youth, and children can gather together for worship? Uh, we will be having our next uh, all-family worship on May 30th. It's all-church Sunday worship. Kids and youth are allowed. The first people who register will be able to come on. And I know last week I said, sign up and register now. And then everybody went on and they were like, Pastor Bobby, we can't register until the week before. And then I was like, I am so sorry. But you know what? I love the energy and the willingness mm -hmm. to sign up. And so take that energy and, and then pour it into the week before May 30th. And uh, the slots are limited. So we would love to see you yeah. sign up early uh, as soon as you can. I mean, I love every Sunday, but I have a extra love for all church Sunday because I love seeing the babies at church. I uh, love seeing your babies, Pastor oh, Bobby. man, my babies are causing havoc. <laughs> last, last time they came, running everywhere. It was crazy. Oh, they're it. the future of our church, man. Yes, and so yes. I love it. I love it. Now, we have a pretty big, important church town hall meeting coming up. Can you tell us a little bit about that? Yes. So the town hall meeting will be June 6th, and that's when... Um, we will have both right after service, in-person and online town hall meetings where we'll discuss the details and updates uh, for the summer and the fall. And so as we're getting ready for uh, the summertime, what's going to happen with in-person services and us gathering together, as well as the ministries upcoming in the fall, like how will they be, you know, handled as we're mm -hmm. doing in person or will it be? Yeah. Um, and so we'll talk about all of that and answer any questions. So it's a pretty right. important meeting for everyone to show up. Yeah, so this is June 6th on a Sunday right after the worship service, both in person and online. And online. All right. Well, today we get to hang out with a very special guest, Andy Hahn. Welcome to the Central Clubhouse. Feels like deja vu, a little bit. <laughs> <laughs> hey, before we get started, let's everyone share what you're drinking. So we'll start with uh, Pastor Bobby. What are you drinking with us today? All right. Today I have, and I never do this, literally, but I have a instant coffee from Coava. It's a me as an Ethiopian single origin, but the magic of it is I just recently went to Georgia and couldn't bring all the contraptions, too much work, and it's instant coffee. You throw it in your cup, pour some hot water, 10 ounces, and you have a beautiful cup of coffee. And though I don't drink instant most of the time, it's because you're a snob. Because you're because a coffee. I am a lover of coffee, but um, it, it just does the trick when you're traveling. It's the best coffee you'll be able to get. So, do you think even I can make that kind of coffee? Probably not, but maybe you can try. <laughs> messed up. <laughs> so messed up. Uh, Andy, what are you drinking, bro? All right. So, I also went the coffee route with Pastor mm -hmm. Bobby. Yes. This is made from my family's Jura machine, which is like I, a. What is that? It's like a fancy coffee machine, better than Nespresso. So, oh, really? Wow. Yes. wow. All the Nespresso people are like just cringing right now. <laughs> I don't know what you're talking about. Look it up. Look it up. <laughs> um, Never even heard of Jura. What's Jura? That's, so that's why. Jura's next level. Only next level people <laughs> hear about Jura. 
So Pastor Bobby usually comes on, talks about some local roasted beans. These are locally roasted from Costco wholesale. Oh no! Good, Andy. Don't I let was, this guy judge you. Just I was so good. with you until you said Costco. Like, Kirkland, Kirkland, Kirkland. Oh man! Well, I am drinking my Vienna Lager. It oh. is. All delicious and refreshing. <laughs> uh, I've been drinking a little bit, guys. <laughs> um, hey, uh, Andy. So you were at the church when I arrived back in July of 2012. So I was like, what, 10 years ago? So what? how old were you and what grade were you in at that time in the youth group? I was uh, in 10th grade at the time, sophomore wow. in high school. Yeah. That's so crazy. That means you were the same age and grade as my youngest daughter, Lizzie, is right now. She's in 10th grade. Yeah. But actually, Andy, you started to attend the church way before that. You actually started to attend the church in your mother's womb, right? <laughs> you, you, you were born into the church. You started like to go to church. John the Baptist. <laughs> that, that, that's so awesome. Uh, yeah. and so tell us a little bit about your family and your family's history at our church. Yeah. So, um, my parents are John and Samantha Han. Mm-hmm. Uh, my dad is a deacon, Deacon John. Mm-hmm. And we have been going to Christ Central for as long as I can remember. Um, before my sister was born, she was born in 2001. Mm-hmm. Uh, her name is Lizzie, and she's uh, currently going to Northwestern University in Chicago. Mm-hmm. She's a sophomore there. But yeah, we've been going to CCPC for as long as I can remember. And uh, yeah, my parents have been just in the area and going to yeah. Christ Central for all that time. And you know, uh, Pastor Bobby, when I first got to the church, probably in the first two, three years, I mean, our youth group was a flag football powerhouse. I mean, <laughs> yeah, you were. We'd be winning uh, the, the Turkey Bowl. Like, That's oh, like right. I feel like every year, so Andy, weren't you the uh, star quarterback of the championship winning <laughs> Turkey Bowl no. team? No, I was not the quarterback. Master. You were not the quarterback. <laughs> All right, let me explain this. Okay, okay. I caught the winning touchdown pass. You the winning final... touchdown. Yeah, against ODPC, nonetheless. But uh, you love ODPC. Yes. You love ODPC. <laughs> Alexander Kim was the starting quarterback. At AK. The... Oh shoot, AK. That was 2012. So you you must have brought some good luck to the Turkey Bowl team or something. Uh, I yeah, remember yeah. that night. It was just so cold that Saturday night. I'm like, oh my gosh. I, I like I wore everything that I had brought from California and it still wasn't enough. <laughs> Not enough. Not enough. And uh, I don't know if it was the following year, but Andy, I still have this distinct memory. I think this is when you were the quarterback. I, I was the quarterback, you, actually. And, and you threw uh, uh, a, a touchdown pass to, I think, Alex Ham. I think Alex <laughs> Ham caught it. Right. And I remember on the side, Deacon John and uh, Deacon Sam at the time, your two fathers, high-fiving as they <laughs> threw the ball, and they caught him. It was awesome. That's hilarious. That's so crazy. It's like Alex to Andy, and then Andy to Alex. You see that? <laughs> yeah, then, then John to Sam. Man, there's a high-five like as they did it. I'm like, man, so talk crazy. about this vicariously through your son's athletic accomplishments, right? <laughs> totally. Totally. So I, I know, Andy, you are uh, you're an athlete. You love to play sports. Uh, what are some recreations and hobbies that you enjoy? What do you do for fun? Yeah, so I still play flag football now uh, mm-hmm. in an adult league in Nova called FXA. Mm. Um, obviously, with COVID, hasn't been happening as much. Mm. Um, 
other than that, I I like to go to good restaurants and and watch movies. Food I will say, uh, quarantine hobby that I've gotten okay. into, All and right. I'm gonna I feel some judgment already, <laughs> but uh, I've been getting into Korean pop music. K-pop. No, I didn't expect that. That was the last. Hey, no shame, no shame, Andy. No shame, no shame. So. Um, yeah, my friends have been making fun of me because I've just been all about it, watching videos. You know, I'm into <laughs> BTS and Blackpink and, and all oh, that sort of stuff. Oh, yes. See, that's solid. That means you get the gospel deeply. <laughs> you are who you are. You don't need to justify yourself to anybody else. You can be you. Do you? Obviously, Andy doesn't need human approval at all. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> solid. Solid so, understanding of the gospel. So, Andy, you said you like to go to nice restaurants. It seems like you like to eat good food. So what's what's your favorite food? Um, let me put it this way. If you could only have one more meal before you died, what would it be? So um, I'm going to be a little basic here. And okay. I'm going to go with the steak. All right. Mm-hmm. But I have a reason. So I grew up and my dad makes a, a really, really mean steak. He he does. Does. I, I tried it myself. Yes. It's phenomenal. It is amazing. <laughs> so if I, you know, one one meal on the line, um, I'm not as much a fillet guy. I would I would actually choose my dad's ribeye or his T-bone steak. Um, mm. you know, send it to me wherever I am, and I'll be good. Okay, Deacon John, if you're listening to this, you should be so proud. I just asked yourself what he wanted his last meal on, on earth, earth He didn't say no Momofuku. No, he didn't no, say no. no he said, I no want Deacon John. Hey, that's what that's I want. Right. My I father's <laughs> steak. That's what he says. Yeah, my this father's is, steak. Oh, man. That's home cooking. You, you can't beat that. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so, uh, Andy, I know you're, you're 25 years old now. And so you're a quarter century. Uh, you've lived a little bit. Um, I don't know how much traveling you got to do, but... Uh, uh, is there a country or a nation in the world that you'd like to visit and and why? <clears throat> if I had to pick one place, I think New Zealand. Lord of the Rings. Yes. Lord of the Rings. <laughs> I, um, my family, we used to have a That's minivan. Identified with hobbits. <laughs> Damn. Yo, how did you know about the hair on my feet? How did you know? <laughs> no. Um, yeah, my family, when we used to have a minivan, we had uh, like one of those drop down TVs. Uh-huh. And we would just, my sister and I would just play Lord of the Rings on repeat. So <laughs> oh, we grew up just man. watching so much Lord of the Rings. So yeah, it'd be oh, great to the head two out there and see. Amazing. Amazing. Oh, yeah. That last battle scene is so oh, good. Oh, that is epic. Yes. Yeah. Fantastic. And, um, and I don't know if you're, uh, old enough to have a bucket list yet, but uh, what would be some of the things on your bucket list, things that you want to do before the Lord calls you home? Um, there's only really one thing that I haven't, that I can think of right now, and mm-hmm. fiance would never do it with me probably, but it's <laughs> skydiving. Oh, skydiving. Yeah. yeah, that's that's what Pastor Owen's favorite thing to do. <laughs> I, I'm terrified of heights, and I have no idea why people would pay money to do something like that. But, you know, to, to each his own, I suppose. Yeah, he might die before he jumps off the plane. <laughs> yeah, yeah, pretty much I'll faint, and they'll have to come back down, right? There's no I think way. I just want to see the world from up there, as long as my life insurance doesn't go up like crazy. Oh, it will. It will. <laughs> <laughs> Crank that up. 
<laughs> so, Andy, uh, what's one fun or strange or odd fact about you that nobody would know unless you're like an Andy Han buddy, unless you would share with them? Other than the K-pop. Yeah, I, I keep that to, to yourself. <laughs> no, at this point, everyone's going to know about it. Watch it That's right. Person. Everyone knows. Be proud. BTS. Be proud. BTS. I'm, Sort of hoping that like I can have some people who have my back and then they'll message me after this and be like, I love K-pop too. Like, thank you for sharing that. That's right. That's right. Dynamite. Probably, okay. I like dynamite. Yeah, yeah. Probably not as much, but you know, be strong. Be strong. Um, the one fact is I uh, in 2018, I got a pretty major surgery on my face. Mm -hmm. uh, it's called orthognathic jaw surgery. And I had a pretty severe underbite that uh, would cause like long-term health implications when I'm older. Mm -hmm. And so what they did was they cut my uh, upper jaw up here mm -hmm. and then they cut my lower jaw. Ooh. They rearranged them and Ooh. then they screwed them back in and locked oh. my jaw shut. So I have like 18 screws in my face and a lot of people don't know that. I don't get I don't get beeps when I go through TSA security. How how does that not happen? I mean, like, it's just alarms going off everywhere. I think the metal is just too small to like. Set uh, and then how long um, was your mouth wired shut? I mean, wasn't the recovery time a little bit extended? Uh, extended? Yeah. So it was six months uh, total recovery time, and I lost about wow. thirty five pounds. That is so, crazy. Five pounds, yeah. but you weren't that big to begin with. I know. I went from like 155 to like 120 or something ridiculous. Oh. And yeah, you're on a full liquid diet. For um, six months? No, no. It's the first like four weeks, you're on full liquid okay. and then you can slowly okay. work your way up. Okay. That's why you lost okay. all that weight. Man. And then wow. I also, um, the surgery might have clipped a nerve. So I lost mm -hmm. feeling in my lip and this chin area. So mm. I can't feel anything. Like nothing. Like right now you're touching it and it's like numb. Yeah, it's like when I eat meals, I have to always wipe because I'm scared <laughs> that there's like sauce there or something. You know that? You know, I, I, uh, not that I know from personal experience, but I heard as you get older, your sensation <laughs> around your mouth kind of decreases. And that's why old people, like as they eat, they have food hanging out and they have no idea that they're a mess. Andy, this oh. sounds like, you know, Pastor Owen's experience where uh, Margaret's like, hey, why don't you wipe your mouth? You got something. Okay. okay. No, no joke. My wife looks at me at dinner every night and says, oh my gosh, honey, will you wipe your mouth? Yeah. <laughs> oh, you see? I knew it. I knew it. And she said, man, you're like an old man already. I'm like, <laughs> yeah, she's in agreement with me. You're an old uh, man. My wife. Uh, she still loves me. Unconditional love. You know, <laughs> without it, there's no security, right? Without doubt. Margaret loves you. Unconditional. She does. Hey, so Andy, so you grew up in the church. You grew up... Um, uh, you, like we joke around, you went to church in your mother's womb, and that's awesome, uh, phenomenal. But when do you think you came to like a personal um, understanding of the gospel and and of grace, and, and to begin to have a personal relationship with Jesus Christ? Can you tell us about that? Yeah. So uh, I, I definitely have to give credit to my parents and thank mm -hmm. them for introducing me to church and. Um, I still remember like trying to stay under my covers like in fifth grade because I didn't want to have to go to church. But they were like, Andy, we know you're under there. We were going to church. So um, it's funny. But looking back, 
you know, definitely thankful that I got to grow up in Sunday school and youth group. Mm -hmm. But um, when I went to college, my freshman year, I'd actually made a commitment to myself that I wanted nothing to do with God anymore or, or the church. Mm -hmm. And I kind of just wanted to live for myself and you know, uh -huh. live life to my own fullest. Um, and uh, what so, college did you uh, go to? Andy? Oh yeah, I went to UVA, University of Virginia. UVA. Okay. Go Hoos. Uh, <laughs> yes. So when I was a, a first year freshman at UVA, I was just experimenting with anything and, and everything mm -hmm. to kind of fill me and, and uh, find joy in my life. Mm -hmm. And I was really struggling actually to find joy and to be happy. Um, and I, I just wasn't being satisfied by the different things I was trying. And I distinctly remember this one story that you know really paints this picture well. I was a uh, Friday night, and I was at a uh, fraternity uh, at a party mm -hmm. in, in a basement area, and I was just you know with my friends, and I saw these three girls in a corner, and they were just having a blast, you know, and and they looked like they were having so much fun, and they looked happy, and and they looked like they just were really content with themselves. Mm -hmm. And I saw that, and I was like, wow, like. I don't feel any of that. I want yeah. whatever they have, uh -huh. right? And, and however they're getting that, I want to get that. Mm -hmm. The next night, Saturday night, I went to a, uh, a worship with um, one of the Christian fellowships on, at UVA. Mm -hmm. And I was just standing there, you know, listening to the worship. And I saw a guy next to me during one of the praise songs, just, you know, lifting his hand, praising Jesus, singing to the Lord. And mm -hmm. in his face, I saw just, an immense amount of joy and peace and, and mm -hmm. self-worth and, 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 um, and happiness. Mm -hmm. And I was like, Oh, I, I kind of want that. Right. Yeah. And yeah. so in my head, I was kind of juxtaposing those two different things. And what I kind of began to realize was with the girls at the party, their joy, their happiness and satisfaction was uh, dependent and, and reliant on, you know, alcohol, you know, mm -hmm. um, having people notice them, having yeah. friendships that uh, are meaningful. And, you know, there's just so many contingencies. Yeah. Whereas when I saw the guy worshiping next to me, I just knew that in that place, he was just content to be with God and, and mm. to see God and to wow. understand who he was in light of God. So that kind of started in me, um, you know, the question of where can I find satisfaction yeah. and joy? And ultimately, you know, through my college experience and meeting people and God's faithfulness, mm -hmm. I came to understand that Jesus is, for me, my my only hope and my only joy that, that's lasting over anything else in the world. Wow. Amen. I love wow. that. What a great, great story. Oh, yeah. my gosh. I, I, I never even knew this, Andy, until, until you shared it now. So thank you, bro. <laughs> yeah. Wow. You, you, you know, Andy, um. You know, you grew up in the church, right? That means you you went to the children's ministry, the, the youth ministry, the college ministry, and now you're part of the Bridges ministry. And so that's that's fantastic. The entirety of your life, you've been a part of kind of one church. Now, what do you think uh, some of the, the benefits and blessings of that uh, is and was? And on the flip side, what do you think some of the challenges and hindrances of that might have been? Yeah, so um, one of the coolest things about having been at CCPC for so long is that I get uh, to see God's faithfulness over mm -hmm. so many different years and yeah. his continued faithfulness, um, not only for me, but for our church as well. And one example of that is uh, when I graduated from Central Kids, which wasn't called Central Kids at the time, uh, when I was in sixth grade, the gift I received for graduating was a Bible, an ESV mm -hmm. Bible. 
-hmm. And I still use that Bible to this day. Wow. And, uh, on the inside cover, it says to Andy Han dated, I think like July, 2008 and, wow. or 2000. Yeah. 2008. And <laughs> it's from Christ or CCPC education ministry or something uh -huh. like that. Uh -huh. And so, you know, it's cool to see that the same uh, Bible I can use for my personal worship is something that I was taking with me, you know, when I was a seventh grade and eighth grade. Yeah. And eighth grade. Wow. yeah. And the second thing is um, seeing God's faithfulness through the people that I grew up with. Mm. So um, there, there's a lot of nasty statistics about, you know, uh, people growing up in youth group and not returning back to the church. But uh, for me, of all the my closest friends, like if you take my 10 closest friends from um, youth group, mm -hmm. like almost all of them are not only still walking with the Lord, which is a huge thing, yeah. but like walking with the Lord at Christ Central and mm. serving at our church, serving in youth That's group, awesome. um, serving in various ministries. So just when I look around and I see my group of friends now that, and I see that they're the same guys I went on a mission trip in 2009 with, right, uh, to Nicaragua or something like that. Yeah. It's like really cool to see God being faithful through not just me, but other people also that I grew up with. Yeah, and especially remembering how you made up your mind to leave God, you know, when you went to college and how God was faithful just kind of to keep you and bring Amen. you and to know that. That's amazing. Yeah, he like wrote his own story, like similar stories on each of them, right? And yeah. it's just like, you know, we're all back together. Yeah, we got to get them in here to hear those stories, <laughs> huh? <laughs> yeah. That's awesome. Uh, now, what do you think some of the um, challenges or or hiccups or hindrances might've been uh, being a part of one church for so long. Yeah. So I think, uh, because our church has gone through a lot of change mm -hmm. as someone who's, you know, been at Christ Central for a while, it takes time to kind of go with that change and, and to get up to speed. Mm -hmm. So, you know, I don't know if people know this, but before pastor Owen came, our church was, you know, a lot smaller, mm -hmm. um, in, in just the number of people and members mm -hmm. at our church. And then um, we just slowly started getting more members and I slowly had to adjust my mentality of this being kind of like a, a family church, you know, mm -hmm. like I kind of know everyone and their parents. Yeah. And I remember I went to college, you know, and it's hard to stay connected to CCPC when I was at yeah. college. Then I came back um, after I graduated and I was like, so many young adults here like where did all of you guys come from and so many people where i didn't know their parents and mm. it just the church felt different in that way yeah. and yeah. not worse um but it just didn't feel like the church i grew up in maybe yeah um, yeah so that was just a hard adjustment time for me a little bit yeah mm. you must have felt lonely at times thinking about like wow like maybe this doesn't feel like the church that i left you know when i went into college yeah I think when I first joined Bridges, there was a lot of loneliness apart from like those few core guys that I grew up with mm -hmm. and maybe even like sinfully like judgment of like, oh, I was here before you kind of. Yeah, <laughs> like, um, I held this down. I was like, oh, okay. yeah. <laughs> where were you? Yeah, I remember uh, when I was still at college, a lot of people when they would graduate, they'd say like, you know, I'd ask them, oh, you know, are you going to join a church when you get a job in Nova? They'd be like, oh, yeah, I'm going to go to Christ Central. And I was like where were you, you know, like when I was in seventh, eighth, ninth grade, and I was like one of the few youth group kids, like no one wanted to come to Christ Central then, you know. I held it down. I kept yes. it alive for you guys. 
<laughs> oh man, that's funny. You know, um, Andy, because of the pandemic and the need to be safe and socially distanced, we have been able to gather together frequently or in person as often as we'd like. Uh, what What are some things that you miss about the Gather Church? Yeah, so um, serving with Central Youth, I think mm-hmm. the big thing there is just uh, missing having the kids just have physical contact and interaction with each other. Mm-hmm. You know, it could be something as simple as like a, a Friday night meeting in, in the large multi-purpose room mm-hmm. and just like goofing off, you know, playing games or, or sports or something. Yeah. Um, it's just hard, I think, especially for youth students to develop that connection when like, you know, they have to have parents drive them around and stuff. So uh, definitely missing that. Mm-hmm. And then um, having attended uh, church in person a little bit more frequently. Mm-hmm. Uh, one thing I didn't realize I missed um, was just hearing other people sing yeah. and hearing other people's right. voices during worship, mostly because like I can't yeah. sing and I need the <laughs> voices to drown out, you know, my singing. Um, <laughs> yeah, Pastor Bobby's point of Pastor Owen. Oh, very funny, very funny. <laughs> <laughs> you know, Andy, um, our faith is meant to be experienced and practiced corporately. It's so, I think it's so much more than just hearing other people sing. I think it's the act of worshiping God together that, that we're all like intuitively um, longing for because we were uh, designed for that. And so, um, and there's something about, you know, worship doing virtually doing it either by yourself or just with your family, which is good, which is better than nothing, right. but it's still, I think, uh, falls so short uh, of God's design for the church, right. To, to be, one body, one family, one place uh, worshiping together. And um, as uh, for those of us who are there, there's nothing like it, right? There's, I, th- I don't think there's a substitute for that. Nothing like it. And, and you know, I can like imagine now a picture of, you know, Andy after he gets married and maybe as a baby and they come as, you know, grandparents, you know, Sam and John <laughs> with Andy and then the, the little Han, you know, the baby Han. Just three generations. Yeah, three generations of Han. How, how awesome would that be, right? Uh, I think tears would stream down my head. <laughs> no, I, I honestly, I think one of the best things about our church is that we get to be a multi-generational church. True. That that so at true. our church, we can, we can now have three generations in, in kind of one place together so that you right. can uh, have relationships with not just people who are your same age, but with people who are 10, 15, even 20 years older than you and 10, 15 years younger than you. Yeah, and I think there's just something really beautiful about that kind of being that connected church uh, generationally. Yeah. I think it's such such a blessing, man. It's uh, yeah. one of my good uh, college friends. She uh, joined my parents' CG. So, <laughs> like, she'll come over to my house, like, and hang out in a group of people to hang out with me. Then on Friday, she's over at my house to go to my parents' CG. <laughs> she's like sharing with them. I'm like, she's like, hey, Andy, I'm going to CG with your parents tonight. I'm like, okay, like, that's kind of weird. That's but- <laughs> amazing. I love that. You know, it's so crazy, right? Because when I was growing up, it was unthinkable that I could ever have a relationship, let alone a friendship, with someone the age of my parents. Yeah, the, the, the language barrier. And the language gap was so large Never. that it was unthinkable. Yeah. yeah, impossible. Yeah, but that happens with you guys. What a blessing. <laughs> That's so crazy. That image of your friend going to uh, empty nester see you with your parents. And of course, my parents are like, Andy, we're friends with your friend. Like, how does that make you feel? It's just like. <laughs> uh, 
<laughs> and then, and you can say, well, I'm friends with your friends. I mean, uh, your mom are the same age, but we're yes. friends. <laughs> oh, that, that's awesome. Hey, Andy, I know that, uh, that you love the Lord. You walk with the Lord. Can you tell us a little bit about what your personal worship and your, uh, the practice of your spiritual discipline looks like? Yeah. So, um, I, during my personal worship, I mm -hmm. use a, uh, a ESV prayer Bible, mm -hmm. which is, um, it's basically just an ESV Bible, but there's parts where they have prayers written by, you know, older Christians who have kind of yes. thoughtfully looked at a passage and written a prayer to God over that passage. Mm -hmm. um, I'm thankful because Pastor Huey got it for me because I had been looking to improve my prayer life. And, you know, upon reading um, the passage, reading, you know, the, the prayer that's written there, what I like to do actually is type out mm. uh, not only notes, but uh, and a prayer, um, a personal wow, prayer. That's good. Yeah. Um, which is a little bit different because most people probably like to, you know, pray out loud with their, with their words. Mm -hmm. I just find it's hard for me yeah. to uh, sit down and like just uh, pray with my words. And I, mm -hmm. I maintain my focus a little bit better when I actually write out my prayers. Yeah. So mm -hmm. for me, that's kind of my rhythm. I like to type out my prayers and uh, I used to blog, but it's just more like just keeping a word doc now yeah. and just uh, keeping a log of, of my different prayers there. Mm. That's fantastic that you're doing that. Yeah. I, I would love it if maybe your kids maybe one day got a hold of those prayer journals, you know, and read yeah. through like what you wrote in your 20s and in your 30s. That would be so powerful for them. Yeah, that's that's a great idea, Pastor Bobby. Yeah. You know, um, Andy, as you've been <laughs> reading scripture, meditating on scripture, praying through scripture, uh, what are some things that you feel like God has been showing you and teaching you uh, from his word recently? So the um, book I've been reading is Ezra in the Old Testament. Mm -hmm. um, and in that book, one of the, it's not even a main theme, really. It's just um, Ezra names a lot of people that are uh, helping to rebuild the temple. Mm -hmm. And in doing so, people are named um, for doing things such as like providing stone or uh, being the people to build the columns and, and kind of just do a lot of the, quote unquote grunt work of like mm. <laughs> building this temple, right? They're mm -hmm. not talking, they're, these people aren't named for like they're preaching or, or they're not Levites or something like that. And kind of what what I'm taking away and what I think God is teaching me through that is um, they're named because they're important and, and mm -hmm. their work is important. Mm -hmm. And it's not just, you know, the pastors or the elders of a church yeah. whose work matters, That's but right. um, it's, there's there's value and dignity in mm -hmm. uh, any any work that that's that is right. good for the flourishing of humanity. That's so, right. Um, for me, not being like a a pastor or something like that, it's been encouraging to know that God sees and cares just mm -hmm. for the the regular workers. Or that's something. right along those lines. Oh, you know, that's so good. You know, it's kind of this doctrine of uh, the priesthood of all believers, right? Which is, which means that in Christ we're all priests. And that means whatever work we do is sacred, whether it's writing a sermon or writing code, uh, all work is sacred because we right. do it as priests and we do it unto the glory of God and we do it for the good of our neighbors. Mm -hmm. And so speaking about work, Andy, so, uh, so what do you do for work? What's your job? What's your vocation? And what do you do at your work? Uh, so I, you foreshadow this, I am a software engineer. 
at uh, BTI 360, which is a okay. small uh, government contractor uh, in Ashburn, Virginia. So mm -hmm. basically what I do is I write code that uh -huh. uh, gets given to the government to meet their mission needs. Okay. Um, yeah. And, and as you understand your company and, and the company that you work for, how do you see your company uh, uh, promoting um, the common good, promoting human flourishing, promoting the welfare of all people? Yeah, so um, one of our, our visions is to kind of transform the engineering culture mm -hmm. of the places where we work. So as contractors, we go and uh, it's not just us on a team usually of, mm -hmm. of, of people building a, a product or a software. It's our, our company's people and then you know various different contractors, maybe government employees. And really our goal is to build software that is built the right way. Uh -huh. And the right way means like not taking shortcuts, making sure that things work well, they work fast, uh -huh. they work reliably. Mm -hmm. um, and so our goal is really to bring that methodology of building software into the different spaces and projects okay. that we're on mm -hmm. so that the ultimately the users, which would be, you know, government people, mm -hmm. they would have um, a product that is built with excellence and that, yeah. that works well mm -hmm. as intended, right. that helps facilitate whatever job that they're doing. Mm -hmm. um, that meets kind of their, their mission need. Yeah. So. You know, I'm convinced, Andy, that the more we understand how the work that we do directly impacts and promotes um, the common good and human flourishing, the more we're going to find our work meaningful. Because if we can't, if we can't make that connection, all we're going to see our work is this kind of this isolated activity that we do in order to get a paycheck. Yeah, and you just not going to find any meaningful satisfaction in, in viewing your work in that way. You have to be able to see how your work promotes the common good. And then um, the paycheck is just something you, you, you get on the side, but the main right. thing is the work itself that you get to do for the good of others uh, to the glory of God. So I'm grateful that you are able to have that uh, view of your work. You, you see the dignity and the goodness of your work, and that's going to go a long way in terms of you being very fruitful um, in, in, in the workplace. Right. Um, Hey, but, you know, before we uh, let you go, it's already been about 35 minutes or so here, Andy. You know, during this pandemic, what's something that you've learned that you would like to share, uh, particularly with your peers? I, I, I'm going to assume today, because you're our guest, we're going to have a lot of Bridges agents folks listening to this. What do you want to tell them? And maybe in addition, I think a lot of uh, friends of your parents are going to be listening to this because <laughs> you're uh, John's son or Samantha's right. son. And what, what, what's a word of wisdom or a word of encouragement that you'd like to share with our church community? Sure. So in uh, Central Youth, we're going through the book of Acts, where mm -hmm. the main character, you know, th though it's a lot about the, the apostles and Paul, is really the Holy Spirit working and, and doing all of the, the acts um, through that book. Yeah. And mm -hmm. so because of that study and just, you know, uh, I've just been kind of reflecting on the character and the personhood of you know the Holy Spirit, and um, I think maybe for reformed people, it can get kind of murky and, and confusing at times who the Holy Spirit is and and um, his role. But to make it simple for myself, I've just kind of rested on two truths that I know are true about the Holy mm. Spirit. Okay, um, the first being that uh, Jesus Christ Himself told His followers that before He ascended that he would send the Holy Spirit and that it would be good for the yeah. people, for Christians. Um, 
-hmm. And the second thing is theologically, the Holy Spirit lives in each believer. And yeah. I think those two things um, really describe the Holy Spirit as a giant comfort because it's not just anyone that says that we, we that the Holy Spirit is good and powerful. It's Jesus mm -hmm. Christ himself. And the Holy Spirit is so close to my heart because it literally lives in me, right? Mm -hmm. And taking these two kind of truths that I've been preaching to myself, mm -hmm. I'm, I've really applied it to give me courage and, and boldness. Mm -hmm. And I think for any Bridges people that are listening, um, a lot of what I think about is, you know, what is my five-year plan, 10-year uh, plan? Where do I want to be in life? Yeah. And when I look at where I'm at, there can be some dissonance of like, I'm not where I want to be and I, I need to do X, Y, and Z to get there. But that's kind of hard. And, and maybe I don't feel equipped to do that. Yeah. But um, and so for most practically for me, I'm, I'm going to be getting married in, in August. Oh, and I, Congrats. Yeah. yeah, shout out Pastor Bobby's uh, premarital <laughs> class. <laughs> but uh, like I'm, I'm like somewhat terrified. Like I'm, I'm, I don't feel I've never been a husband before, obviously. And uh, I'm scared. Like, you know, I don't know how to be a good husband. Yeah. But but remembering those two truths about the nearness of God and, and the Holy Spirit has been a big comfort to me and given me courage and boldness to approach that that upcoming obstacle or, you know, challenge with yeah. confidence, because I know that God is near. I know that he'll Amen. show up Amen. and I know that I can rely on him. And I, I don't think that's just for bridges people necessarily who you know might have like uh, plans or whatever. It's for anyone who has any sort of anxiety or feels unworthy to yeah. remember the closeness mm. of God and mm. uh, the reassurance that Christ gives us through the Holy Spirit, which has been given to all of us. So, Well, I know who's going to speak at our next uh, premarital class up front. <laughs> <laughs> Andy, he wants to share something. You know, Pastor Bobby, I think what's so cool is it's guys like Andy who have such a, a deep grasp of the gospel and yes. whose theology is biblical and sound, that these are the kind of men and women that's investing in our youth, our children, even our college students, and just, just so grateful yeah. um, that, that uh, cause I have two kids in youth group, yeah. you know, that they're going to have mentors like Andy and, and his friends who will be pouring into their lives. And so just, just so grateful to be a part of a covenant community like our church. So thankful especially yeah. having young kids that yeah. I know that God will be faithful in raising yeah. young men like Andy and others who will love the next generation well and teach yeah. them, love them, That's right. with them. Yeah. Amen. Hey, Andy, um, before we let you go, how can we pray for you? Um, yeah. So just like right on that topic, could you pray for uh, my, my marriage? Uh, could you pray that I would be, a good husband uh, mm. to my future wife and um, that I would, you know, be able to transition well into marriage. And then the other thing is, could you pray for uh, my parents and also Christy's parents? Um, we're both the first child to get married within our family. So mm. there's some elements of, of grieving on both of our parents. And oh. so if you could pray for both me and, and my fiance, Christy, and then our parents over kind of our, our, our marriage coming up. Well, Andy, you're in luck because I think the pastor who's leading your premarital class is with us on this call. So, <laughs> where's the guy? Is there another guy on this call? <laughs> pastor Bobby, would you pray for Andy and for Chrissy and for uh, their parents? 
I would love to. Let's pray. Lord, uh, just so thankful um, that you have been faithful in Andy's life, that his heart, who promised himself that he would leave you and walk away from you, you chose to not walk away from him. You've chosen Amen. to love him in his doubts, in his even commitment to not be near you, but you continue to be present, to draw near him, and to awaken within him, within him this love for the gospel. And so we delight, Lord God, in your faithfulness and also the faithfulness of being in Christie's life and having her come to understand the gospel deeply and then bringing them together as you have done to bring them into this marriage where they want to cleave together as broken people who trust, Lord God, in your spirit to be present in their marriage. And I pray, Lord God, that Andy would be courageous in loving Christy, courageous in being humble mm. and, and admitting his faults, and at the same time, choosing to believe in, in, in the gospel and choosing to believe yeah. that spirit, you are present in their marriage. Amen. And we also pray Amen. for their parents, John and Samantha and Christie's parents, that you would also grant them this time of, of comfort as they come to understand that their children are leaving them only to cleave together and form this beautiful marriage, that they would uh, approach this grievance with the coming joy that when they see this marriage flourish, that they would begin to realize that their role now is to celebrate, to pray for, to come alongside, and to really love them as they are uh, coming together as a covenant family, that even in their grievance, that they would be comforted by that joy. And so we thank yeah. you for your love for Andy, for Christy, mm -hmm. and for their parents, and everyone, Lord God, who is around them, who loves mm -hmm. them. And we, who have gotten to know Andy a little better, we pray it would also encourage other members of our church wanting to connect more to the other members of the church in any way possible. So thank you for our time together. We praise you in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Hey, Andy, thank you so much for hanging out with us in the Central Clubhouse, man. We should do it, it again a, sometime. It was a pleasure. <laughs> thank you for having me. <laughs> it was fantastic. Even better the second time. <laughs> hey, and for those of you who are watching or listening, thank you for joining us today. And we'll see you next, uh, next week. Bye for now.